All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 318. Jason Lingren is with me and the living woman referred to as Tammy. Uh, we're going to get into more legal ideas and try to face down uh, the brave new world, which is creeping into our existence. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a stormy good morning it is. Yeah, we're a little overcast here too, but let's try to maximize our time. Uh, welcome, Tammy. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. So Rose made me aware of you, and I understand there's a relationship to a very popular episode we recently did with Paul Unslaved, which was the complete recording of a traffic stop and how that unfolded. So many people so interested in that. Um, the ideas we'll get into here at least parallel uh, what people experienced there. So Tammy, right out of the gate, I know people are going to want to get a hold of you for a couple reasons. You offer a community where you teach people, you even go so far as to do role-playing so people understand how to stand up and hold their position under pressure. Um, having said that, would you like to provide a place where people can contact you? Yeah, correct. Um, so what we do is we run a, a Zoom night, Sunday night at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And you can find us on, uh, it's called Common Law, Convers Common Law Conversation. And that, that you can look up on BitChute, uh, this common law conversation. It's on Telegram as well. Um, so you just go look at Telegram, tel or common law conversation on uh, Telegram as well. And once you get in there, uh, you'll be able to find all the links. And then I have a channel too on Telegram. It's called <clears throat> I Woman Tammy. So anybody that wants to find us online, that would probably be the best place to start. And we also record um, all of our bit or all of our Zoom recordings that we do on Sundays because Believe it or not, last night we had one and we actually went to 3 a.m. in the morning because we're all hardcore. Um, so we record all those conversations and we put them on our BitChute channel. Plus, we also live stream them onto Twitch. So once we get at the 100, the 100 capacity, then whoever else wants to still view or follow along at that time can, can be on Twitch with us. So common law conversation on Twitch as well. Okay, let me let me preface this before we jump in, Tammy. Are you a member at Crow777radio.com? I believe I'm a member of Crow777.com. I believe so, yes. Okay, just to be clear, it's Crow777radio.com. If you are not, as soon as we're done here, send me an email. I'll set you up an account. I'm hoping you will have time to get into comments because when we talk about legal ideas, there are so many living men and women out in this world dealing with so much nonsense. Um, it helps if yeah, you'll show are. up in comments, but let's, let's pick this up. How did, how did this all come to be? How did you start to realize you needed to learn how to hold your position, how to stand up? When did you realize there's a difference between a living woman and just a person? Uh, where did it all begin? Well, I, I think I realized what was going on when I realized I didn't know what was going on. So once, <laughs> once that, once that came to my attention that there was a lot more going on than what I, what I comprehended, um, that's when it all started for me. So basically, um, here, up here in Canada, we have, you know, a, a movement that's happening and, and we've been kind of pushing that movement for about a year. And during that time frame, um, I received a, a ticket, um, cause I was kind of into common law, but well, most, that's what we're talking about mostly. And a lot of people get the whole concept between legal and lawful mixed up and they don't really get the difference. And that's kind of very concerning. I found it very concerning because, you know, when you, when you realize the difference and that this is this unlawful trespass that happens at birth to every single one of us, 
that's kind of when you go, ah, you know what, this is hap- this isn't just happening to me or my neighbor or my doctor, or, you know, it's happening to every single one of us. And this is how, this is how they brought us in this slave system. So when, for me, when I realized that was happening, you know, I was doing some research and looking into it, but it really didn't kick into high gear for me until uh, I received the ticket. And I called it my golden ticket because it was a bylaw ticket um, that three police officers that came to my house um, to issue me for attending rallies without a mask or not social distancing um, regarding this, you know, this pandemic that we have playing out. So for me, when I received this ticket, it was a $1,200 ticket. I knew they had no jurisdiction over me because they were, they were trying to, you know, capitalize letters on there. And I knew, okay, this is my, my corporation that they're, that this ticket they're giving to. Right. So at that point, I, uh, I was in touch with, I'm sure you guys know Christopher James. We do. Yeah, we'd had him come and speak at our rallies multiple times. We brought him in live stream uh, to quite a few of our rallies. So when when he found out that I that I had a ticket, he right away, you know, volunteered to say, "Hey, let's let's do it this way." Because a lot of a lot of the other people that were receiving tickets would would go the traditional find a lawyer, you know, figure out how to use a you know to to try, try to beat them in their own system. But I was just like, you know what? I'm not playing that game. I'm not. I'm not going to go that way because I believe that they have no jurisdiction over me. And so then I started uh, serving notices, writing notices of liability to um, our mayor and the chief of police. And we, we actually went and, and physically served them the first one. Uh, my friend Tiffany as well. She's, she's also, she had a ticket on the same day. So well, that's kind of launched our, my action plan over here with the common law. And that really is what put me into this, this path that I'm on right now, because, you know, when you realize who you really are, then you can't pretend to be what you thought you were before. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what did it for me. That it was the ticket and that's what launched me into the common law. Let me jump in. I got to ask. So when you went in person uh, to these, let's just say community centers, these corporate community centers to serve um, papers in person, how were you received? Were you treated respectfully or was it something else? Well, I, I did record that. So those, those are on my YouTube channel. Um, I woman Tammy on YouTube. Um, so I did record those, <laughs> all, all the interactions that I had that I could record and capture. I did. And I, I posted out there for the people to go and see how I carried myself in those scenarios. But the one, <clears throat> when we went to serve the mayor, it was between they gave me a ticket on December 26th for December the 20th. So I right away by the 27th, 28th, I had paperwork ready to go and notices to go serve um, just because I was well connected with people that were willing to help me at that point. So I went right away to serve these notices. And so the, the, the mayor was not there. Um, he was not in office at the time. So I was, you know, very persistent that somebody should be taking his communication. There was nobody there to take his communication and uh, so I made a big fuss about that. But the, the chief of police, we end up, we did go to him to the police station there, and we they wouldn't let us in. But I did, we did give it to another officer who who on camera we have him saying that he would serve um, the chief of police, and and I and I believe he got it. We sent registered mail, emails, faxes. I mean, we sent it every way possible, multiple times. So the way they never did respond. Um, just for the record, the chief of police and, and the mayor, Nahid Nenshi of Calgary, they never did respond 
uh, to our notices of, of the trust of the liabilities that we were sending out. But at that point, you know, after three notices, we didn't receive anything. We just moved on to the next step, which was serving notices um, to the attorney general and uh, the premier of Alberta, which is Jason Kenney, and as well as the health minister, um, this Tyler Skadoo uh, I forget his last name exactly. But so we moved on and we served them with three sets of notices as well. And you're, you're hoping that these, that these people will respond to you because you're acting honorably. You're letting them know that their trespass occurred. You know, we have evidence docu documented what, what happened there. And, you know, you're, you're asking them to correct the error. And so that's not where, that's not where the win came from. We didn't, we didn't win at that point. What happened was we still had to move forward um, with our appearance. We had a first appearance. I, we did go into the courthouse. We filed paperwork into the courthouse faxing and emails to the registrar to make sure that we had our our paperwork in front of the judge on the day of our appearance. And so now what they're doing, I know you guys are probably aware of this, how they're trying to basically lock everybody out of the courthouse and channel funnel everyone through some sort of phone court that they're trying to pull off as being court. So we ended up having our first appearance. And when we got on the phone with the, with the judge, we recorded it as well and the judge you know they just try to railroad you through they they have a they have uh you know they have their procedure what they do and if you step outside of that you know they just you're in contempt of court or you're you know you didn't appear or whatever i i end up having a, a credit a, i think a two or three minute argument with the judge over just my name because he wanted me to appear as a person and i said i'm i'm not a person i'm a woman like I'm showing up as a woman here and he wanted me to say my name, Tammy Haney, the person. And when I said I was a woman, he said, well, you, then you haven't appeared. And then he hung up on me. So I had the judge then saying that I wasn't, that I didn't appear. And this is, this is how they control you with fear, right? Cause then all of a sudden, okay, there's a warrant. There's these other things that happen could happen, right? Sorry, let me jump in here. So right now, would you, if you had it to do all over again, would you accept this new nonsense of Zoom meetings and phone meetings, or would you uh, would you turn that down and demand in person interaction? Well, I think I could. Yeah, I believe. I mean, depending on the situation, it's, it's good because you can record these kangaroo courts that they're doing, and you can expose them easily, more easily. I guess that would be the way to, to say it. If if you you know, I know that we've had other people that have had their their court conversations recorded and we've used it for a huge benefit into our groups and for I know Alphonse has analyzed Brad and Sandra and a couple others that we that we're working with on some other um on some claims that they're doing and some courts that they're being, you know, drug around in. But um I think if I yeah, I would like to have went into the courthouse to stand in person or in my in my in my person there so that they could so that I could appear because over the phone, you're not actually appearing. You don't, it, it, it's like, who are you even speaking with? You can't even see who they are, right? <laughs> it's just more illusion, right? It, 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 you, if you appear, they want to pull the person illusion, but if they can get you remote, then the whole thing's an illusion, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's, that's how crazy this all is, is that, you know, if you want to stand on your square and you want to act in the capacity of a man or woman, then try to do it over an electronic device is, is almost nearly impossible, right? So they try to railroad you into whatever. And if they don't like what you're saying, they'll just mute, mute you. 
Which is equivalent to showing up in person and having the bailiff come over and gag you in a real court. Isn't that the equivalent? That's exactly what, what it would be, right? And they and you can object, and you can, <laughs> and you you know it's 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 and we've got uh, firsthand information or uh, recordings of this happening. So, in a sense, it is not necessarily a benefit to your own particular situation, but as far as everybody else viewing what's going on, it's really exposing the corruption, I think, in that sense, right? Oh, I, I agree. J- Jason, do you want to get in here? Yeah, that Zoom thing, that cracks me up. Is there anyone uh, making any progress on dealing with that nonsense? I mean, I don't know if anybody's making any progress uh, with dealing with it. I, I do know that there are people that are refusing to deal with it. Um, like Richard last night, I know you guys know, uh, you guys know Richard um, from Texas the one that is dealing with working with Alphonse, he just refuses. He calls it Stargate or Star Chamber. Star Chamber. Star- yeah. It's what it is. Star it's what it is. Yeah. There's so a movie people says, can watch if they want to know what a Star Chamber is. Yeah. So he's, so he just, uh, you know, I refuse to go in there and you can, and I know a girl here in Calgary, uh, Sandra, she, she, she just recently walked into the court and insisted to go in front of the judge. And, um, you know, they threw a fit when she when she when she showed up there i mean they used all this this nonsense to keep the lock us out of our own or our own courthouses yet everything else seems to be i mean there's only two or three people even in the courthouse why would that be a restricted area when there's so much space and it's just a total nonsense that they got going on and they're trying to you know use this whole entire pandemic situation to you know to their advantage at every angle right to kill due process yeah yeah, to kill due process, 100%. Well, they've been using that as an excuse for everything to just do whatever they want to whomever they want. Yeah, and that's and that's where, you know, that's where we are taking our power back. We're not taking, you know, we and we don't necessarily take the power back. It's just a matter of stopping, stop giving it to them, right? Because we, we have our rights intact when we're born. We're born with our rights. Nobody can take them from us. They're our property. We own them. But the thing is, is people don't realize that and they just hand them over, right? So when they, so this is the problem that we're facing is, is ignorance of the, the masses. The majority of us don't know who we are. And because we don't know who we are, we don't know how to carry ourselves correctly. And in that situation, we end up hiring other people to represent us. And, you know, and once, once you put yourself in that scenario, you've already lost, right? Right. Yeah, you attach yourself to any part of their system in any way. You 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 have to build hold your own. And I know it sounds scary to a lot of people, but that's why we do these zooms and do these role plays and stuff so we can get people more comfortable with challenging that, right? So let's back up a little bit, Tammy. So you've served papers, you've done these things. Um, some people that were ticketed, so-called ticketed with you, have gone in to demand a face-to-face appearance. Where is it all right now? Has any has anything been achieved? Uh, I assume there were fines attached to a ticket, as there usually is, fines being levied, if that's the right word. Um, where are things? Have you paid fines? Have you succeeded in knocking them down? That That is always a tell to me. If someone says you're being fined and the fine is never levied, it shows who was in the right and who was poking around uh, in the wrong neighborhood. Yeah, they were poking around the wrong neighborhood, that's for sure. So what happened with my particular scenario, um, after we went in for our special appearance, um, they said the judge entered a plea on our behalf, which is a trespass. You can't do that. 
um, if you know if you know anything about common law, you can't administrate another man or woman's property without rights. So that's what the judge is trying to do, and he enters a plea on our behalf. And and we and we laugh about it because in the common law conversation, they um, I think it was Alphonse or or James Sonoma, another guy that we have in there. He said, "Oh, the judge entered a not guilty plea on your behalf. Well, then it's then thank you very much. Like <laughs> it's over." You said you're not guilty. Game over, right? And I thought, oh wow. Well, that's- well, wait, wait a minute. I, I, I gotta, I gotta interrupt. So you're telling me, um, I gotta know how this happened. So did you demand to be face to face in in their foul courtroom? What, what brought, what forced the judge into the position of saying, okay, you're not guilty? Well, I because re- I refused to plead because men and women do not plead. I'm not going to plead or beg the judge. He's begging, right? Yep. So when he when he wanted me to enter a plea guilty not guilty, I said I ref- I will not plea before the court. Like that's not going to happen, right? So then he he said, "Well, I'll enter a plea on your behalf." So a lot of it, you know, when we got into this, I I hadn't been through the court system very much. Like I'd barely even been in the court. I mean, I know more about courts than I ever have in my. I never thought that I would have an interest in this until this stuff happened, right? But now I see the game. And I see the game they're playing and I, and I'm witnessing it firsthand. So that for me is really opening my eyes to what's really going on, um, in the world. So when he, when he said he wanted to enter the plea on my behalf, he did, he, they entered the plea and they set a court date and, you know, you kind of, when you're on the telephone conversation, there's not much you can do, you know, you can, you can object, you can, but they, they just steamroll you into exactly, you know, what they want you to do, because that's the whole purpose of having you on the call, right? Isn't that about him covering his butt? So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm no expert here, but doesn't that kind of close the door if he puts in a plea of not guilty and it's accepted? Uh, I want to say double jeopardy. I know it's not the right thing, but doesn't that kind of close the door on everything that's happened? There's been no no penalty. So uh, I mean, do you? There's nowhere to complain or <laughs> complain's the wrong word. There's nowhere to assert your rights as a living man or a woman. Um, because that's been closed by the plea erroneously entered by the judge who has no right to administer your property. Well, correct. Like he, it, once he entered the plea on my behalf, if, if you, the way you look at, okay, I have a judge saying that I'm not guilty because he has actually no firsthand knowledge that he's going to say that I'm not guilty. So therefore I must be not guilty. However, that's probably not the way that they would interpret it. They, they would still set the court. They'd said, well, you know, we're, you, you still have to prove you're innocent or you have to show up to your court date or whatever they would want you to do, right? What court date? If they've said not guilt, oh, I see. So, okay, I, I, was con- I was confused. I get, okay, so they're trying to get you to say guilty or not guilty. You're standing Correct. your ground. So the judge says, I'll be you for the next five seconds and put in the not guilty plea in order to set the court date. That's exactly what happened. Okay, That's sorry. That's exactly what happened. How does one corporation speak for another corporation? Well, corporations only have the life that we give them, right? So a corporation doesn't actually speak, but you speak for your corporation, other people speak for theirs, and the corporations hire attorneys or lawyers to to speak for them in most cases, right? Especially in court, that's usually who's representing a corporation would be an attorney, right? But um, yeah, so in this scenario, once once they went ahead and, and planned our court date, um, that's when I realized, okay, I'm going to go forward with my claim because they're railroading me. They're not, you know, they're not correcting. I've had now the crown prosecutor and the judge trespass further 
onto me because they didn't correct the error. Um, and at this point, I wanted to acquire the judge's name. So I had the judge's name. I went over the recording. I realized I didn't have the crown prosecutor's name. So at that point, I started calling relentlessly to the courthouse. And they kept moving me here, moving there. And you know what these people do? They actually, when you call, you have you go from here to there to everywhere. They keep chain transferring you and they give you different numbers and keep calling. When they call you back, it's from an unknown number. They call you from an unknown number. They won't disclose their information. It's like it's like you're dealing with gangsters, right? <laughs> when they call you back, it's hidden number. You know, they're all in secrecy, everything that they're doing. Um, so anyhow, I ended up at talking to the special crown prosecution office. And when I spoke to them, this woman, I said to her, I said, listen, I require the crown prosecutor name because I'm going to move a claim for chief. She trespassed against me by administrating my property without rights. So I'm going to go ahead and move a claim against her. And so this woman didn't want to give me the, the, crown, the special or the sorry, the crown prosecutor, her name. She's trying to protect her name. And I said, listen, if you're not going to give me her name, then I'm going to take your name and I'm going to put your name and substitute of her name. She ends up hanging up on this woman because she, she realizes that I'm not messing around. She wanted me to put the, the she wanted me to put the crown prosecutor's uh, office on there. And I said, why would I put a corporation on my claim? You want me to put a corporation so that I can bypass her completely with, with her actions? No, that's not how this works. I want her name. So because I continued and persisted to get her name, eventually uh, the main guy there, I guess um, the chief acting, whatever they call themselves, they all have these little roles over there. But so had uh, the, the main guy director I wish I had the paper in front of me here. He he ended up calling me back and he had an email. He said, okay, email me. So I sent him an email. Um, yeah, he's the executive director for the specialized prosecution's office. So I ended up emailing him and uh, telling him to go ahead and look at my, look at my file. Because once he got into my file that he was going to see in there that this is not a normal, you know, this is not a normal case. Because we are we are coming in as special appearance as a woman, and we're challenging jurisdiction. And so he went ahead and had a look at it. And next thing I know, I have a letter from him, an email, and the letter responding saying that they were withdrawing the ticket. So both my friend Tiffany and I both had our tickets withdrawn. Um, they determined the crown would not be continuing to uh, the prosecution prosecution of the matter. So that basically happened because I was trying to get the crown for the crown prosecutor's name. This makes me want to say, hell yeah. And then in the same breath, say, damn it all. Because what's happened is you've wasted a huge portion of your life, but the fine being levied and everything. But what they've done here is shut, tried to shut the door on all the rights trampling that's been going on with their herd of corporate wildebeest. Uh, so does it end here or are you still marching forward? I'm pursuing the, the thing is, is this piece of paper that they sent me is basically an, an admission of guilt, right? They had admitted right. that they've, they've done wrong and they're hoping that if they withdraw the ticket, that I'll, that I'll disappear. Right. And essentially I could go after them. I could go after them and spend more time for compensation or for some, something equivalent. I could spend time doing that. And I may choose to do that. I haven't decided 100% if I'm going to go down that road. But I would, my, I believe that what I would ask 
for if I do end up going that road and my demand would be just that all of the other tickets that, that were the same as mine be withdrawn. Because if mine can be withdrawn based on the fact that they have no ground, then, you know, why should anybody else be having to go through what I'm going through right now or what I had already went through? This is the conundrum. You could get another ticket tomorrow. And it seems like one of their big insulating game strategies is we're going to make this such a royal pain in the butt to deal with, even getting the name of somebody, uh, never mind trying to see someone in person, that 99.999% of people are just going to roll over. And that's where the problem comes in, right? Because this is going to be done again and again and again uh, until some measure goes all the way. Well, and this is what we're all fighting is to get these rules of civil procedure out of the way, right? Because the rules of civil procedure, as you guys know, don't apply to we the people. And so we have to constantly try to, we're in this game with them where we're trying to figure out how to maneuver and, you know, everybody's got different. And that's why we have these common law conversations because we don't, we don't like to put ourselves in one little corner or one little box. They have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. We like to be open-minded and creative and be like, okay, who's doing something that's working? What's working? Right. And we try to grasp onto things that are working and, and, and use them to our advantage. Right. Cause a lot of people get stuck in their mindset where they can't, they've adopted an idea or a way that they believe in and they can't bend from that, which is fine because they're, you know, but every single man and woman is going to act differently. And that's when we are the creator you know, you realize that, that you, you move that court, you move the, you move it however you choose because you're the creator of it. Right. And when people really get that into their mind, you know, I believe that that takes time. And because it's not just, it's not just, uh, an idea. Like a lot of people say, okay, well, I'm done with the lawyer. I'm going to, I'm going to go try common law. Well, you don't just try common law. You, you have to live, eat, breathe, sleep it. You have to be it. You have to know what it is and feel it truly deeply within your heart and your soul and your mind that 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 is who you are, right? And once you have that unshakable belief, that's when you can hold yourself and carry yourself in that capacity because you can't just grab a template from somebody else and think that that's going to be your saving grace, right? It's a good place to start is seeing and analyzing what other people are doing and then incorporating it to how you would hold yourself, right? But um, I think that's where lies the challenge and, and most people uh, lack the confidence to stand up and um, and I'm seeing that in a, in, a, in a massive way just because I'm involved with all the rallies and everything else but you know some people don't have it in them to stand up they're afraid right and so um, I, I believe that even small wins like these little little wins are are big wins because it encourages others to say wow you know it is working just like you guys were talking about Paul and Slade. You know, he, he's another, I reached out to him a long time ago and, and he's, he's inspired so many people, including myself, just showing that video that he had where he was pulled over and, and um, didn't have any place license insurance registration. And, and he, you know, by the end of the conversation, the police were asking him uh, <laughs> if they could have a conversation with him or coffee or, or uh, email him, and and it was it was it was fascinating. I was absolutely fascinated by that. So these are these are the things that you know I encourage people when they get into these kind of scenarios to pull their camera out, to start recording, to get record of of you know their wins or their losses. Even if you are in a situation where you don't know how to carry yourself, like say Paul Slave did, or you know um, like an Alphonse or Christopher James, if you don't know how to carry yourself like that, 
it's okay because what matters is that you're that you're you're documenting what's happening and we can learn from that right so i think these real life uh scenarios and interactions are very valuable in terms of a teaching tool um for others that may be in similar situations or or you know we can look at that and be like okay well how what could you have done differently or what could we you know what would i have done differently so it's a really good uh way to have a commentary or or um to to acquire more information uh regarding how to how to carry yourself right so it seems a shame that everyone's carrying a tracking device and that they wouldn't be at least using it for their benefit in some small way. Uh, you have the ability to record in your pocket. And often that is the difference between getting railroaded and not. We've seen so many examples, but I've got to ask, um, you filed some of your papers up to hire. You went higher. Uh, are those, are you going to pursue those? Uh, are there other people who have aimed high uh, I've had conversations with Alphonse where I finally realized that if I'm put in the position, if my turn comes and I'm put in a position that's a bridge too far, um, I'll go the distance. I'll go all the way to the top and I won't relent. And my thinking is um, I might be able to avoid a fine. I know how to do that now. I probably could. Um, not worried that I couldn't pull that off. I've seen enough of what's going on in the world to understand if you understand what you're doing or if you comprehend a better way to say that what you're doing, you can almost certainly stymie ridiculous things like fines. But what about my neighbor? Because what we have to begin to realize and what you're laying down is, you know, we've interviewed Peggy Hall. We're interviewing you now. And it kind of feels like there's not a lot of people willing to make the stand. And so at some point, we have to widen. And in widening, I heard you talk about it earlier in this conversation. Uh, what about my neighbor? What about my nephew? What about my niece? What about my brother, my sister, my father? What about every other living man or woman in this world? At some point, we have to start to deal with it at that level. Because the only other option I see is when like 40% of everyone says I've had enough and they start doing what you know so many people that we interview are doing and proving that you don't have a leg to stand on but time and time again what we hear is up oh, this was dismissed and what they're doing is they're attempting to close the door so that this doesn't go any further so i guess i would ask are, are you going to take this further to higher levels or do you know others who are involved in this after all alphonse told us about a man who filed against the governor of texas and lo and behold, they rescinded masks and all kinds of things, and 20 states followed suit. And um, I really think that the people who are brave enough, like yourself, and know enough, like yourself, at some point it has to go higher, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And that's, the thing is, is we all have to do the next best thing, right? We're all called to action when, when it's required of us. So at this point, you know, our entire movement, like we have a network just within uh, my, the city that I live in, but also one online. So we, not only are we moving forward with what we're doing, but we continue to teach others along the way. So as, as this whole thing evolves more and more, as they crack down more, there's more coming at us where we have more ammunition now to pick up different tickets and different, um, uh, people's struggles or whatever they're going through in, in regard to the legal system and and help them help them stand up 
So I think my role is kind of shifted into, into that where I lead these conversations. I have people, you know, that are coming from all over the world and just really knowledgeable people that are showing up that, um, that I never would have connected. None of us would have connected with. And we're really gaining a lot of, we have a, a man that comes on our, our call and his name is Seeker. And he hasn't filed any taxes in 32 years. And, and he, he knows just the stuff that comes out of his mouth and the, and the things that he, that he teaches us. They're, they're just invaluable because you can take those things and, and change the whole world with this kind of knowledge, right? Cause it's the secret information that kind of nobody hears about because we, we very rarely do come across somebody who's capable of doing it or is actually doing it. So when we, when we have these conversations and put these, these powerful people together and we're recording them and putting them out there for the world to learn from. I believe that we're just at the beginning of what, of that impact of what that impact will be and what, how that can, um, how that's going to basically empower others to take action and to learn um, this information because we're, you know, it, it doesn't just apply to tickets, but it applies to your everyday life. Like as far as your, you know, money and your mortgages and your agreements and your contracts and everything that you're, you're doing with the system. Um, there's, there's a way to counter, there's a way to, you know, to, to make moves where, where, where you can um, basically be using, be using your legal person. But once you know the difference, because a lot of people can't differentiate between their man, man, woman, and their person, right? Because they we've been programmed to believe that we are all persons, which we are not. Persons, the corporation, it's the fiction, it's the plastic, it's the it's the paperwork that they they give you or they put on you. And so I think that's where the challenge really lies. Because when you do think about your neighbor and your cousin and your brother and your sister, you know, be what you be the change you want to see. Like for me, I'm like a walking, talking, living, breathing common law junkie. <laughs> I don't want to just say common law because it's not. You know, people get caught up on those words too. They think, oh, common law, and then they don't want to, you know, they might have had a bad case or heard something and they don't, don't want to travel down that path. So I, I try not to necessarily label it always that. And even our conversations will shift from this and into that. And those, you know, we, we, we explore all areas and that's what we have to do as human beings, don't we? Don't we have to explore all the areas and all the possibilities so that we can, you know, find the best path that works for us? all of us so i believe that moving forward um you know i want to take my energy and the power that i have and use it to educate others because ignorance really is our biggest enemy right now um in terms of just people not having the the knowledge and so when people start to hear um the truth and truth has a vibration that you know resonates that so you have this when you when you hear truth you you know it you instinctively have this you know, the sense where like, that's true. Right. And you're like, I, I believe that. And then once, once, once you get, once you get a sense of that, then I think that becomes something that maybe becomes addictive or maybe becomes um, just something you want to pursue. Right. So that's, that's where I'm at. And I, that's where I try to get other people to be too. It's just listen, let's, let's have a conversation about, you know, how how all this happened to us let's have a conversation how we could change the world if people knew this information right so that's that's where i think we're at it's just these conversations and sharing this information and, and really you know in order for us to change the world we have to be able to communicate with each other and that's what we've 
I think we've been lacking for a long time is just um, the actual human connection, right? Because we've we've been identifying for too long as something that isn't human. Like we are not pieces of paper. We are not um, our driver's license, our birth certificates. This is not who we are. And so I think that's where, and the big the biggest part of the game is that a lot of that reality exists just in your own head, right? So some sometimes people's biggest obstacles are really just themselves because they can't get out of their own way of uh, unindoctrinating, un, un I guess. And um, I find that's the challenge. So I have said many times, this is a house of cards and there are tells that are written so boldly on the wall for those who understand to read the writing that's been on the wall that I've been reading for well over a decade. Um, any pushback that is significant is going to tumble major parts of this. And it gets very frustrating. Um, as an example, go ahead and go out like what I do, where I talk to a lot of people and try to communicate in some meaningful way that if you watched a movie, you were indoctrinated. People can understand that the legal system is a scam. They might even be up to the point where they re recognize that I am a living man or a living woman. And at that point where it really sinks in, there really is no going back for most people. Um, but those very same minds may completely, utterly throw out what I just said. And here's what kills me. Shutting the courts like we proved they did to Alphonse because they were so afraid twice and blaming it on a pandemic is one of the highest crimes. That is the complete subjugation of allowing people their due process and other things which were founding ideas supposedly of the United States of America. And I will go so far as to say when my father was my age that I am now, if anything like this happened, it would have been challenged and every brick ripped out of that wall in short order. But all the processing, and this is a key point, people don't understand when you're watching television, when you're watching anything the system produces, you're being indoctrinated with cant language, with subliminal messaging, with all these things that you will never even know about, including phrases that have been embedded into your subconscious to get you to do an action later where you will never draw the line. Michael A. Hoffman and James Shelby Downard showed the way. And so what's happened is it's not just that things have changed, the perception and the abilities of living men and women have been stuffed through the basement. And so I'm with you all day long. The more people that can be um, taught and shown the way, and I really enjoy your role playing because that is so helpful um, to, so, cause you've already done this. So if you find yourself in the position, these things become so helpful, but um, let's talk a minute when they shut the court, is there really any, more blatant action that could be shown you that there is a war against your sovereignty, basically? Is there any action that could be done? Um, I've put together that recently the USPS, the United States Postal Service, I am convinced that part of its dysfunction now is to block people filing legal papers. Recently, I think it was FedEx uh, they had their big violent nonsense posted all over the news. And I instinctively could smell that it was connected 
to the whole system that delivers mail in the same way the whole system that deals with so-called justice. All these things are being put on a knife's edge to teeter either way to try to do one simple thing, prevent people like you, like Alphonse, like so many that we've interviewed from ever having the chance to prove that they're a living man or a woman. And I think these are important ideas for people because I don't think very many people listening to this day understand that if you watch the Marvel movies, you were initiated. You were initiated to be a useful idiot. And then later during the revelation of method, you may or may not put together what was done. Uh, This is systemic all the way across. But coming back around, what are the big successes that you'd like to point out where people have have achieved one of the things or two of the things they were after when they've been pressed by the system? Well, I mean, a lot of it's still unfolding, right? I do believe that the majority of people don't know how to correctly access the public courthouse and they don't get what's happening to them when they're going into the courthouse because when they're being summoned, you know, the word summons itself just saying, you know, who do you summon? The dead, right? So they're, when you get summoned into the court, they don't realize that they're in their court, not their own court. They're in they're in the legal system, so they're being brought into a system that you can't possibly you can't possibly win in that jurisdiction. When they bring you in to the court and you're being summoned in, you have to file your own claim, create your own court in your own name. And when you do that, that's when you have control over the court. So I think that's kind of the point that I would like to make in terms of what what court are you in. So I think a lot of people go into court because they've been they've been called into court and they think they have to go and then they show up and then they get their butts kicked and then they can't figure out what happened. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So someone's sitting at home today and they got a summons. If that was you, what would you do? Well, first you have to see what it is they've summoned you for, right? So it's all relevant to what they're at, what whatever it is they're calling you in. But and who and who is it? Is it a, is it an attorney? Is it you know who's bringing you in? So it depends if it's a corporation or you know like an Alberta Health Services. In my situation, well, there is no Mister or Mrs. Alberta Health Services. They don't exist. It's a corporation. You have you know that scenario. So first of all, a lot of people may or may not even want to acknowledge that, right? Depending on how how you want to move, some people might not even show up at the court. And say that they're that they're 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 that section, right? Some people are going to potentially just ignore it, which I've had a lot of different people. We talk about it on our common law conversations. Different people, what they do and how it works for them, right? So it just depends on what your flavor is or how you decide to tackle it. But in most cases, you're not going to win in their jurisdiction. You show up as a man or a woman under special appearance, you have to get that case moved over to the common law court if you wanna if you wanna be in the capacity of a man or woman. So that's the first thing you have to do is challenge the jurisdiction. Um and in most cases at that depending on what it's for, but you could start writing notices, um, your own notice of claim. And then I know what Elfon says he he likes a lot of people like the the affidavit uh, um, affidavit of status, affidavit of facts, and there's a lot of different um, different options that you can use there. So I don't think there's one way to skin the cat here with uh, 
of scenarios, it, it's all relevant to what, what it is they're summoned to be for, who it is, and, um, you know, how you want to make your move. Because a lot of people don't want to tamper with anything that, that has a legal legal term on it. Like a lot of people believe that an affidavit is a legal is a legalese term. Um, I know that Christopher James' spin on it now is he's saying, you know, use a, use a living testimony in the form of an affidavit so that you still can use their form, but you just put a spin on the, on the heading of it so that it's still, you know, coming from the living, the living man or woman and not, not the, the fiction person, right? So, so yeah, you know, if you are being summoned into court at all, it's all relevant to the moving parts of that. But for the most part, um, knowing who you are, seeing who they're calling into the court, if they're calling your fictional character and or your fictional person, then, you know, you can decide how you want to move. Do you want to show up on that court date and establish that, you know, you're, you're there to settle all, any and all verified claims? Is there a verified claim before the court? You know, you could put an affidavit in there. So you have to get your affidavit on, on the record. And, you know, that way they can't proceed until somebody rebuts your affidavit. So there's different w- ways to take it. So it would just be whatever uh, the individual man or woman felt comfortable doing. I mean, I wouldn't want to say you have to do it this way. You have to do it this way. It's, just, it's all relevant to what moves have you, have you already went into court? Have you already acknowledged? Have you responded? You know, so there's lots of things that factor into to that. So I would suggest people out there that um, are in these scenarios and are looking for advice, to hit up the different websites or join our common law conversation that we have that zoom and and we have quite a few people that will speak about their their scenario and then you have all these experts and everybody that's that's in there that's studying this stuff and we yeah you know can tune tune in or time in and and give our give our advice and we sometimes go over notices and we just we do whatever we can to possibly help each other because like i said it's it's um it's not one way fits all so that's, I think a lot of people get stuck on that. They, they want a template or they want a way to, to do it, but it has to be in your own words and your own, you know, cause whatever you put on that piece of paper, when you got your paperwork in there, you have to know exactly what's on that piece of paper and it has to be true for you. Right. Because if it's not, then you can't carry, you can't carry someone else's paperwork through the court. It has to be your, has to be your heart and your experience and what you're feeling on, on there so that you can carry it correctly. So that's, that's what I've been noticing from my experience is that you can't just grab someone else's template and make it work. It's, it's a good place to start. Right. You got to comprehend. Absolutely. And a big portion of this is being able to take a blank piece of paper and make it what you want. Right. So that's a big, a big portion of this is, is having faith in yourself and trusting your own, your own instincts and being guided to, uh, to take that knowledge and put it on the paper because at some point you have to do it yourself. Right. So, and that's, you know, that's the point that the challenge is for all of us to get there, to be confident enough to be like, I know who I am. I know that I, you know, what, that this is causing me wrong or harm. And so when you, when you have that on your side, you can't possibly lose. I don't think. Right. So it's just a matter of enough of us knowing this to challenge this corruption and this, this illusion, this fear-based, they use the intimidation of these courts, and like you're saying, the, the movies, and you're watching. That's why all these people go and hire lawyers because the system they have it so complex for a reason. They scare you so that you'll run and attach yourself to their system. Because the second you do that, they know you're done. Because they're all the whole bar association. They're a secret. You know, they're separate, 
they're, they're an alien. They're, they're, they're a secret society that's basically outside of ours. Like they have their own, their own little network. They're working together against you when you're in there, right? They're getting paid when you lose every time. Well, they also don't tell you that there's other things going on. They only push you into the corporate system. Oh, absolutely. They'll never disclose anything to you, right? They'll never, they're never going to tell you what's actually going on because, you know, that would be destructive to their own society, right? So they have to, they have to continue to, to do it. And that's why you're seeing all these phone calls, phone call uh, court that they're doing. It's because the ball is moving, rolling faster. Like the ball, people are, more and more people are taking this on. And I think I was listening to one of your guys' episode when they said, well, we can handle one Alphonse or maybe two, but not four, not six, not 10, not 12, you know, 50, 100 Alphonses or Christopher J. All these people that are learning this information and, 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 and using it, starting to write their own notices or look at the contracts, pull them out, start to read and start to realize what's on the paper and challenge it, right? Did you, you know, do you have agreements that only you have signed? Because that, you know, you have to have two signatures on to make a contract, right? So a lot of people are voluntarily paying for things and doing things that they wouldn't necessarily have to if they understood just the, the very simple, you know, concepts or the very simple uh, contract rules, right? So what, what makes the contract? They have to have the two signatures. And if you go look at a lot of your agreements or your um corporate contracts that you have with any corporation quite often you're the only signature you know you have a unilateral signature you're the only one that signed it so in those in that case what does that mean so that's what you know that's a good starting point for a lot of people start looking at the agreements that you have start looking at you know where you can challenge where you can make a challenge right and um i think it's just a matter of us using our intelligence because a lot of us have just been so programmed to kind of nine to five, get up, go to work, do whatever, you know, we're so busy, caught up in our daily life. So we're not really paying attention to what's going on. And now I believe that, you know, everything that's happening is happening for a reason. And it's kind of a blessing. You know, it's a a blessing and it's a blessing in disguise in a sense, right? So sometimes there's a silver lining to things. And, you know, I I just believe that a lot of people, the world, the world is going to change based on what we're on what we're doing. So I believe that that's why I keep doing it. Right. I'm with you. As a matter of fact, I'll go so far as to say, I don't know how long or how hard it gets right now, but in the long run, this can't stand. And that is because there is absolutely provably no truthful foundation. The foundation is not true. It's all built on lies. But as we get close to the top of the first hour here, uh, one of the things I'm noticing is that there seems to be pretty much universal agreement that if you take your living self into that jurisdiction, um, you're going to get what you got coming most of the time. Uh, And one way I like to put it is that the living do not speak to the dead and the dead do not speak to the living. And so what you've pointed out, which has been pointed out a number of times in different ways, is if you are in fact a living man or a woman, which you are, whether you recognize it or not, and you go into that situation, you will be spoken to by a dead entity as if you are a dead entity. And so above all other things, I think one thing I've seen shake out is the idea of, I think Alphonse says it all the time, you, you, the one place you don't want to be is in their court. Um, you did a version of that just now where, oh, they've summoned me to this court. 
you can only summons the dead. So I'm going to do the things I need to do to, to adjust to, to, to get the proper jurisdiction in place because I'm alive and I'm breathing kind of idea. I think that's one universal thing that has really rose to the top uh, in this movement. Yeah. It's just a uh, waking up to who we really are. Right. We're, <laughs> and, you know, and, and that brings a lot of people believe that they have to get some sort of paperwork to make them a living, breathing man or woman. And to me, I, I get that people want to do that, but I'm, I'm just like, Hey, if I'm standing in front of you, then I don't require any paperwork to prove I'm alive. I'm standing, I'm standing, living, breathing, standing. Dead people don't stand up and talk and walk. Right. So if I'm living, walking, talking, breathing, I'm clearly alive. Yeah, there's the Zoom subversion, right? That's another effort to undermine exactly what you're saying um, because a person who does know how to conduct themselves and stand that did show up, uh, they may not be railroaded, but on Zoom or on a telephone call, they pretty much do whatever the hell they want from what I've seen. Yeah, they do. I mean, I've watched a lot of nightmares, but at the same time, like I said before, is, um, you know, these recordings are are priceless for us because we they 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 are exposing themselves they are exposing themselves and the whole world is now seeing these kangaroo courts and how they're how they're conducting these courts and and the fear of of maybe going in as a man or a woman and standing in front of you know the judge and having that whole entire intimidation factor going on that's not there when you're on the zoom so you're at home you're having a coffee you're sitting there and you're kind of like huh you know i'm in court right now this is funny so i feel like some people have gain confidence in their position um, and who they are because because of the Zoom and not having to be you know outside of their elements in order to to um, to go through that process because I, I do believe that when people have their comfort level with them that you know when you're feeling comfortable then you're you know and you rattle it off that's why we do a lot of the, the role playing and so we you have you have this natural um, instinct to respond and you and now we're using these commentaries and we go over them and other people are watching them going, okay, when my court comes, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I say that first. I'm going to make sure I get my affidavit on the record. I'm going to make sure I ask, you know, put this out there and tell them, you know, uh, is there a verified claim before the court, you know, and, and move in these certain ways. Right. So we're just trying to piece together this puzzle of like what, you know, what's the perfect way to do this. There is no perfect way because you're always going to be dealing with a moving part every, you know, on the other end, because every judge is going to be different, the crown prosecutor, whatever scenario, always different. It's always going to be different. But with taking these live recordings of what's actually happening, that, you know, you, you can't, you can't get any closer to reality um, as far as, as far as education goes and teaching and teaching each other. Um, how to how to carry ourselves correctly and moving forward with this with this whole you know taking down the corrupt <laughs> corrupt uh, court system and and being able to access it correctly, which is the main goal. Because once we get the rules of civil procedure out of the way, going in and filing a claim and settling it, it should be within five ten minutes. It would be like a quick, very quick um, procedure, right? It wouldn't it wouldn't be wouldn't be this you know long drawn out hire a lawyer. Oh, you got to go to court. Oh, you got to do this. It's just the hoops they make you jump through. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the goal. And that's the way we keep pushing in that direction. And, and I believe that once, once enough of us, uh, are doing this, then they'll, they'll have, they'll have to shut down even the phone call, uh, court. <laughs> they'll, they'll be, they won't know what to do. Right. 
more and more and more and more. I agree. And not only that, uh, as, as this becomes, and like you said, even the fails that are recorded shows the nature of what's going on here. And even an untrained eye can see tyranny. Um, but there's another side of this, you know, there's going to be judges and bar members and people working in courthouses that have their family members drug in, and then they're going to have to start to reassess. What am I doing here? Um, this is all, all of it is destined for failure, but make no mistake. Um, I'm prepared to do this to the day I die. If that's my lot in life, I would prefer not to, um, but I will do whatever the hell is in my power to try to help those that are coming behind me in the same way those that came before me did the same for me. Um, and these are important things. And in no way did I mean to diminish what's going on here. And by the way, I suspect Canada's efforts may end up being a big deal very quickly because it seems there are so many Canadians who have had it up to their eyeballs. But Jason, I think we're about to the top of the hour. Anything you want to get in before I begin to wrap up? No, Tammy, why don't you give out all of your contact info? Because it sounds like you've got some good stuff going on there. Yeah, well, we have, uh, I have uh, uh, basically the Common Law Conversation. If you search that, that's on Twitch, Common Law Conversation on BitChute. Um, Telegram, we're big on Telegram, Common Law Conversation there. And then I have my uh, t- channel on Telegram. It's I, Woman Tam. You can find me on Telegram and YouTube. Um, I woman Tammy too. So that's where I've recorded. And then of course, that's a lot of our rally stuff. You'll see everything that I'm doing. I don't just do the common law stuff. I do a whole bunch of other stuff as well. (laughs) More, I'm kind of a a little bit of a, I guess, uh, a freedom lover. So you'll be seeing all the different things that I'm doing. If you go find me there. All right. So I'm hoping Tammy, that you have a login. And I'm also hoping that if you don't, you will immediately contact me so I can make you an account at crow777radio.com. It is my sincerest hope that on the day this episode goes live, you'll be able to get into the full episode under membership. uh, Because every time we do these, there's going to be a ton of people ready to switch gears, a ton of people dealing with things that just happened to them. It goes on and on and on. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, maybe we'll all look back on it and be proud someday of the things we've done. But right now, it seems like a royal pain in the butt. It seems like it takes up a lot of lifetime, but we are where we are and we're in rapid change right now. But I'll say it to close this episode. This is a freaking house of cards. It cannot. Nature proves to us it cannot stand the test of time. And the major way to understand that is anything that stands the test of time must, required by nature, have a true foundation. And this whole thing is built on subterfuge, lies, and make-believe. So there it is. That brings uh, the first hour of episode 318 to a close. We're going to queue up and come back for hour two. And uh, I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.
Beast. 